You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're getting more football in 2021. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'll update you on the Built Bar bracket. We're nearly to the final four. Follow along on Twitter, of course, at Locked On NFL Pods. Follow me, Bo Brock, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. It's Christmas in March for us football fans. The NFL reportedly green-lighting a 17th game on the NFL schedule. I'll give you the details coming up. Plus, Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, Peacock and Williamson, San Francisco pulling off the biggest blockbuster deal of the draft season, trading for the third overall pick with Miami in exchange for the number 12 overall selection, a third-round pick in 2022, plus San Francisco's first-rounders in 2022 and 2023. Brian's going to tell us which quarterback prospect he thinks the Niners are targeting and aggressively trading up for to take third overall. After that deal is complete, the Arizona Cardinals in 2022 are the only NFC West team that still owns its first-round selection. The Niners' 2022 pick now belongs to the Dolphins, the Rams, their 2022 pick. It was involved in the Matthew Stafford trade. It belongs to the Detroit Lions, and Seattle dealt its 2022 first-round pick when it acquired Jamal Adams from the Jets last offseason. So the NFC West, outside of the Arizona Cardinals, they don't need no stinking first-round picks. The other team that traded down in that deal with the San Francisco 49ers, the Dolphins, they weren't done wheeling and dealing. Kyle Krabs of Locked on Fens, director of scouting of the Draft Network and co-host of the Draft Dudes, tells us what Miami's up to. And the top contender to be the second player off the board in the 2021 NFL Draft had his pro day late last week. Jake Hatch of Locked on Cougars tells us how things went for BYU quarterback prospect Zach Wilson. Presumptive top pick Trevor Lawrence won't be attending the NFL draft in Cleveland in 2021, declining at that chance over the weekend, instead choosing to watch it at Clemson with a few family members and friends. Already great decision-making by Trevor Lawrence. Veteran quarterback move by avoiding Cleveland as much as possible. No, I'm just kidding. Baker Mayfield, he's solid, but before Baker... Cleveland is where good quarterbacks' careers went to die. According to Adam Schefter, the NFL is adding a 17th game to the schedule. The owners, they're set to decide whether to approve the expansion during their virtual league meetings tomorrow and Wednesday. According to Schefter's report, the NFL has played a 16-game regular season schedule since 1978. Peter King recently had some insight on the longer slate, No extra buy. It would be 17 games in 18 weekends. And the NFL won't start the season any earlier because Labor Day isn't great for ratings and the league doesn't want to add an extra regular season by week. So it adds up to pushing the Super Bowl to February 13th, which would be the latest Super Bowl in history. The move hasn't been well received by players. Saints running back Alvin Kamara quote tweeted Schefter's report with bleep dumb. As hell. Close quote. Packers safety Adrian Amos quote tweeted the report as well, saying, quote, We really let this happen. A head smack emoji. And former wide receiver Tory Smith tweeted that, quote, adjustments have to be made. 
to keep players healthy during a 17-game season while the NFL Players Association's Executive Director of External Affairs replied, tweeting, quote, there will be automatic changes to the offseason and in-season workout schedules as a result, close quote. NFL teams scheduled opponents for the 2021 season. They're set. So Field Yates of ESPN gave us a glimpse of what the 17th games could look like. Your first place teams, they'll face off with each other from 2020 and 2021. Packers at Chiefs, Washington football team at Bills, Seahawks at Steelers and Saints at Titans. Second place games would be Giants at Dolphins, Rams at Ravens, Bucks at Colts, and Bears at Raiders. Your third place schedules would look like Cardinals at Browns, Cowboys at Patriots, Lions at Broncos, Vikings at Chargers. And your teams with a last-place schedule would be Falcons at Jags, Panthers at Texans, 49ers at Bengals, and Eagles at Jets. This is Field Yates using the formula reported by Peter King when he talked about the NFL potentially adding a 17th game a couple weeks ago for Pro Football Talk. San Francisco pulling off the biggest blockbuster deal of the draft season, at least so far. Brian Peacock locked on 49ers. Peacock and Williamson, you can listen to him on a daily basis, both those podcasts. All the that that big move, but we got to figure out which quarterback prospect the Niners are targeting at third overall. Follow him on Twitter at BD Peacock. Of course, the OG host of this very podcast, the Locked On NFL Podcast. Brian, thanks for joining us. I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on the old Locked On NFL show, Bo. Pleasure to be on with you. It's great to have you back. Before we get into who the Niners aggressively moved up the draft board to select everybody's been waiting. It seems like the Niners have been a sleeping giant all offseason long. Did you envision them this aggressively trying to fix the quarterback position like this? I I know John Lynch and to a degree, Kyle Shanahan, they're competitive guys. And John Lynch has been very aggressive since he has taken over the GM job with the 49ers. And so I'm not surprised that they were aggressive. I am surprised that they pulled off a deal this early, a month before the draft to go all the way up to number three, because I thought the cost would be just a little bit prohibitive. I thought they were going to do something like stay back on draft day, maybe make a move up to, you know, say pick six. And actually that pick apparently was available. So the, the move from 12 to six, it's interesting, was something that would have been possible for the 49ers. And without the deal with the Dolphins at three, that deal wouldn't have happened yet. So could the 49ers have sat back, held their water, waited for draft day, and then gone up from 12 to six and still gotten one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. That's sort of how I envision it going for the 49ers. But they saw something that they thought they had to make a move all the way up to number three, and they thought they had to make the move now. So I think because of that, we can start to make some assumptions about what they like and and what's going on there at the top of the draft to make them make that move now. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Sharpie then at uh, number one overall. Looks like Zach Wilson could be the second quarterback off the board, second player off the board, and we'll get into who the Niners could be uh, posturing for, but uh, any rumblings that this team reached out to New York and the Jets to get as high as two? If you believe all of the reports that are out there, the 49ers didn't really try to get all the way up to two. Now, is that because they already knew that number two is spoken for and that's a done deal? and they decided to go to three. I can't imagine you would trade this much up to go to number three and not make the same call to two and one just to make sure and cross all of your T's. So I don't know if I believe that report. I think the 49ers must have made that call or at least known already that number two wasn't going to be a spot that they were going to be able to get to. And I'm sure the Jets had called the 49ers if the Niners hadn't called them to try to see if they wanted Sam Darnold. So um, I'm sure those conversations happen and 
Uh, I'd be shocked if, if they didn't. And the 49ers knowing that three is where they had to go. And who knows, maybe the 49ers like the player who could be there at three more than the guy who's going to go to two anyways, because, um, you know, they might not like the same player. And I think after Trevor Lawrence at one, I could see any number of teams having a different opinion on the rest of the, you know, top four, top five quarterbacks in this draft, depending on if you believe there are four or five top quarterbacks in this draft. Ryan Peacock locked on 49ers. Peacock and Williamson, the daily pod, NFL podcast. Got to check it out, of course. All right, let's get that. Uh, let's put you on the hot seat. I, You know, you see the Chris Sims say that don't rule Mac Jones out at three with his relationship with, uh, with Kyle Shanahan. We've seen Justin Fields in some mocks. We've seen Trey Lance from North Dakota State in some mocks. Who would you bet that the 49ers aggressively traded up to select at third overall in the 2021 NFL draft? One thing I know for sure that the 49ers front office and it's, it's both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, that they lean on personal relationships they have with all of the signings since they took over the team in 2017. They've done it with their draft picks. They've done it with their coaching staff. Almost everybody they bring in has some personal connection to the staff or the front office. I mean, their first ever draft pick was Solomon Thomas. He had a class at Stanford with John Lynch. Like, has that ever <laughs> happened in the history of the NFL that uh, a GM drafted a player that he ha- had a class with when John Lynch went back to school and then took some courses at Stanford uh, after he was retired. So that's pretty amazing. And uh, the connection here is Justin Fields at QB Collective, which is a quarterback camp that both Kyle Shanahan is coached at and his dad, Mike Shanahan is involved with and other coaches on the 49ers staff have been involved with. Uh, they coached the star recruit, Justin Fields when he was coming out of high school. So there's a personal connection there. He knows how the kid works. He knows all of the physical um, ability he had as being Mr. Georgia. And he was a, you know, a five-star recruit. He's one of the top recruits in the class. It was him and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence that were one and two coming out of high school when they were going into college. So I think the personal connection there and just the high upside of what Justin Fields brings with his arm talent and with his, uh, his athleticism and the ability to run the ball. I think it's Justin Fields. That's the way I feel about it. But then if you're playing the draft game and you're looking at maybe some smoke screens and Peter King just dropped an article about the 49ers on Tuesday, they had a decision to make because both Alabama and Ohio state were having their pro days. They're sending uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Shanahan hasn't been to any pro days yet. John Lynch has only been to a couple. And one of them was uh, Zach Wilson's pro day. And that's where they consummated that trade. Neither of them went to Trey Lance's pro day. So is that a smoke screen? They didn't go to Trey Lance's pro day because they didn't know, they didn't want people to know they were in on him. And then they realized, all right, well, we're gonna have to trade up for this guy anyway and go all the way up to three. Once they started seeing Trey Lance name at number four in mock drafts to the Atlanta Falcons. That's one theory uh, on Tuesday. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are actually going to see Mac Jones and going to the Alabama pro day and sending their player personnel guy and some scouts over to Ohio state to watch Justin Fields. So is that another level of smoke screen trying to make people think they want to go watch Mac Jones when they really like the other two players, like I suspect, and they want to throw people's scents off, but do you need to throw off the scent when you know who's going one and two and you already have third pick? So Maybe it is Mac Jones. Maybe they want to go watch Mac Jones and he's their guy. I have no idea. And they, they've done a, a good enough job with these smoke screens if they are to throw me off to, to where I'm a little bit confused. But I still think 
in the end, it's going to be Justin Fields. What a tangled web they weave, and it's uh, it's going to make for uh, great entertainment all the way up until draft day. Make sure you're tuned in to Peacock and Williamson on a daily basis. Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson, he's giving you the scouting insight on all of this. Plus, Locked On 49ers. Tremendous insight, Brian. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Bo. Anytime. The madness continues today as the Elite Eight tips from Indianapolis, Oregon State. Their miraculous run continues. They are eight-point underdogs. You like the Beavers today against Houston? You can get in on some of that action. Also, we've got Arkansas Baylor. Baylor, seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Razorbacks. And bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Of course, the NCAA tournament, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball starts in a few days. And of course, once the NFL comes back, Bet Online has you covered. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you could imagine, including the NFL draft. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for your 50% welcome bonus. Coming up next, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins tells us why Miami traded back into the top 10 after pulling off their blockbuster trade with the San Francisco 49ers. It's coming up. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Don't forget, you can get all the sports you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of all of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. The team trading down, the Miami Dolphins, they weren't done wheeling and dealing late last week. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Fens, director of scouting, the Draft Network co-host of the Draft Dudes. He's a busy guy. He's going to tell us, what Miami's up to, big board hitting the Draft Network today, the top 100, grinding the tape on Twitter. Kyle, thanks for joining us. The Dolphins, the most interesting team of the NFL draft season. It's funny, the uh, the free agency legal tampering window started and, and Dolphins fans got all kinds of apprehensive because there was no big splash like there was last year. And are you going to get weapons for Tua Tagovailoa? Well, then they turn around and they trade twice in a span of 15 minutes and you said, I'm a busy guy. I think Chris Greer's a little bit more busy than I am the way he was working the phones to get these two deals done this past Friday. Yeah, let's talk and tap into the Dolphins host you are first before we get really into this draft. But which prospect do you believe Miami GM Chris Greer uh, traded back into the top 10 to select sixth overall? It's interesting because you could make a very legitimate case for each of the top four perceived pass catchers. And when they gave up the one of the ones uh, from 2022, they gave up their own first round pick as part of the trade with Philadelphia to go from 12 back up to six. My initial gut reaction was, okay, they, they have a guy. They know they want this guy. They're betting on the odds. They're kind of surveying the rest of the landscape. They think they're going to get this guy at six. But then the more you think about it, there's still a chance that Atlanta goes Kyle Pitts and, and Cincinnati foregoes Penny Sewell and drafts Jamar Chase, in which case the two Alabama receivers are on the board. And uh, I, I think Miami could feasibly walk away with still any of the four. I don't think it takes anybody off the table. Uh, I think Jamar Chase, his style of play is most in line with the Dolphins' mentality is building a team. I think Kyle Pitts is the most unique and rare and physically gifted of the group. 
Uh, I think Jalen Waddle is probably the most tailor-made, and then Devontae Smith has the best chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa. So, who the heck knows? Yeah, that all being said, if they, if they get a playmaker to add to this offense with Tua, does it take the pressure up a notch for him to make a leap in his second season, or does it potentially just set him up to be the signal caller we saw play in Tuscaloosa so at such a high level? No, I absolutely think there's there's an expectation from the Dolphins organization that that Tua Tagovailoa is going to make a big jump, and they often say the jump from year one to year two uh, is the most important and biggest jump you'll see quarterbacks make. In some cases, like Josh Allen in Buffalo, it happens in year two to year three, and that's not to say if if Tua doesn't blow the Dolphins out of the water in 2021 that they'd be moving on, but this was a team that was linked to Deshaun Watson for a reason. It, it, it was not out of nowhere. It was reported by multiple uh, sources that if Deshaun Watson was going to be traded before all of the allegations against him have come out and put that on the back burner, and rightfully so, uh, Miami was going to be interested. And Miami, it, It's an upgrade at the position from a talent perspective. And the Dolphins don't make emotional decisions. And you don't need to look any further than Brian Flores signing Kyle Van Noy to a four-year, $52 million contract with a player that he had a great relationship with in New England. And one year into it, they cut him. So they don't make those emotional decisions that I know a lot of fans in the Dolphins fan base are head over heels for two. They were told for 18 months, this is the guy who's going to help turn your franchise around. But the Dolphins will not be shy if they do not like what they see in 2022 and or 2021, and they expect to compete to explore their options. And because of the trades that have been made, they have assets to work with and remain flexible, which is the most important thing for the team. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Fens, Director of Scouting, the Draft Network, co-host of the Draft Dudes, at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. I got to ask your opinion on this because I'm the daily host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast and. Cardinals last offseason, they get DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans, a fourth-round pick, and in return, or in exchange, they send a second-round pick, David Johnson, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Did the Cardinals get a better deal for Hopkins, or did the Fens get a better deal sending Laramie Tunsil to Houston for all those picks? Uh, I think in a, in a vacuum, the Cardinals got <laughs> a better value, but then the Dolphins turned around and, and turned Laramie Tunsil into four first-round picks by the time it was all said and done because this number three overall pick turned into 12 plus two more. And granted, they traded one of uh, those already. Well, they, technically, they kept the San Francisco pick, so all four of those first-round picks from the Laramie Tunsil deal. Uh, the joke on Friday afternoon was they're going to put a new statue up outside of Hard Rock Stadium, <laughs> and it was going to be Tunsil with a plaque of all of the draft picks that he turned into by the time it was all said. You're talking uh, four ones, a two, and a three. It's unbelievable wow. what they ended up getting for him when it was all said and done. It really is incredible. Now let's put on the hat of you being the scouting director of the Draft Network, uh, your big board top 100. It's out today, thedraftnetwork.com. Which prospect do you think San Francisco aggressively moved up to select at third overall? And it's interesting. You know, there, there's some push for Mac Jones. I'm not really buying Mac Jones. Uh, I think if you're going to make this aggressive of a move, you need somebody with a higher ceiling as a quarterback. So I'm looking at both Trey Lance and Justin Fields uh, from Ohio State. If San Francisco is to be believed, and they do keep Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason, then I think Trey Lance probably makes more sense because he's a player who I think would benefit from a true redshirt year. Uh, But there's a part of me that also really feels like, personally, Justin Fields is the better prospect. 
and they have a relationship with him. The Shanahan's do uh, going back to a QB summit that Justin Fields attended and received coaching from Kyle Shanahan. And, and there is no previous connection with Trey Lance. So uh, San Francisco is putting up a nice face value that, that Trey Lance might be their selection, but my gut tells me and just my eyeballs in watching those two quarterbacks that Justin Fields is the better prospect. And that would be the player because they have a relationship with him. Doing incredible work over at the Draft Network, of course, on a daily basis. The Locked On Fans podcast, The Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs. Check out all his great work, thedraftnetwork.com, and, of course, on Twitter, at Grinding the Tape. Kyle, let's uh, keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Bo. The Elite Eight might tip today, but the Final Four is nearly set for the Built Bar bracket. Yeah, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing. It's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. In today's matchup, the final of the Elite Eight before we tip the final four, it's Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. This one is a toss-up, in my opinion. You got to go to the website, BuiltBar.com, to cast your vote for which bar you think is the most delicious. I'm going to have to go with Coconut Brownie Chunk in this matchup. I think it's the top seed in the tournament. It definitely tickles the taste buds the most. Go to BuiltBar.com, cast your vote, or at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and which Built Bar will be in the Final Four and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Coming up next, the BYU quarterback Zach Wilson lock himself in as the second player off the board in the NFL draft with his pro day last week. Jake Hatch of Locked On Cougars tells us how things went for Wilson. The NFL Draft is just weeks away, and it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast, you just heard Kyle Krabs, it watches every prospect so you don't have to. Kyle and Joe Marino, they've got you covered. And then over at the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, you've got your daily draft news and mocked draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Well, you can pretty much Sharpie in Trevor Lawrence at the top spot. And the second overall pick looks a little clearer. Merging is BYU signal caller Zach Wilson. We bring on Jake Hatch from Locked On Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jake, thanks for joining us. And uh, despite not participating in the physical testing due to a hamstring injury, tell our listeners why Zach Wilson's pro day is being deemed electric. I think the biggest thing is they saw his arm on full display. I know that there's the famous clip floating around the social media feeds of him uncorking that deep ball, rolling left and going back to his right down the middle of the field. And people are actually comparing it funny enough to the Sam Darnold throw that he had for the New York Jets last year. That's a similar type of setup. But I just, I think you saw everything that what Zach can do throwing the football. They just showed it all ability to throw on the run, ability to throw from the pocket, to put the ball right where he wants it. It was that that right there, just the ability to make every throw all over the field is why I think people are so high on his ability. Yeah, he had presumptive top pick Trevor Lawrence tweeting, sheesh, just sheesh <laughs> on that throw. 
I, I well, Trevor Lawrence is not alone. I think many of us are kind of like mouse were just agape as we just kind of watch that ball fly. But he, he he's proven that uh, he's made the jump and he's ready to go to the pro level. I'm excited to see him. I know the rest of BYU fans out there all over the country and all over the world are excited to finally see where he lands. Yeah, decent size. He uh, measured to, to over six foot two, 214 pounds. The all important hand size what was it over nine and a half inches? Yep. Uh, what else is there about Zach Wilson that makes him the second best player in the NFL draft? Well, I think the ability of him when he needs to, to use his legs. And that maybe was the one thing that wasn't necessarily on display in pro day because there's no live quote unquote bullets flying at him when you have defensive players chasing him. But if you watch his game film from last year, even during his entire time as a BYU Cougar, his ability to move in the pocket, to find alleys to throw the ball in, that proves that he has the mobility to succeed at the next level, in my opinion. And you mentioned the fact on the size part of it. I think there were some concerns because he was listed at six foot three at BYU. I had people telling me he's not going to measure in that big. I'm like, well, we'll wait and find out. And yeah, for him to come in at six two, just north of six two. But the more important number, his weight, because he played at one point at BYU, I would guess in the 185 to 190 pound range. Uh, he's definitely bulked up, and I think that's going to serve him well once he gets to the pro ranks. Jake Hatch, Locked on Cougars. Great follow on Twitter. You can find him, of course, at Jacob C. Hatch. When did this really kind of, I mean, as far as the hype train's concerned, as far as Zach Wilson, it's, it's left the station, Jake. But when did you yeah. really kind of get, like, during the college football season, we were like, okay, this is a professional quarterback here. But when did this really start with, with Wilson? I would say probably midway through last year. BYU is one of the few teams who played essentially a full season. They played 12 games, including their bowl game. They went 11-1. and won. I think about midway through last year, uh, I think people started seeing the ability of Zach to be able to throw the ball at an extremely high level. He was just elevating BYU's offense that had kind of been a middling offense in the college football ranks for the previous two years that he was under center. But we saw him really, I think, take a jump from his sophomore to his junior season. And yeah, I would say kind of that midway point last year, kind of mid-October. They were undefeated at that time, uh, hoping to challenge for a college football playoff slot and all that fun stuff. But I think everybody started to see, okay, this is a kid who was really, really flying up draft boards. And then shortly thereafter, we started seeing everybody out there who covers the NFL draft start to sit up and kind of take notice and say, Hey, this guy's got something, to, got something that he, that he can prove. And from there, like you said, the, the train is firmly out of the station and it's hurtling down the track. <laughs> Cannot wait to hear your insight. Once we get into the locked on podcast networks, mock draft, and of course, with live draft coverage, you'll hear from Jay catch more. Thanks so much for your time, man. Absolutely. Look forward to doing it again soon, okay? Great stuff from Jake. Great stuff from Brian Peacock. And, of course, Kyle Krabs, our guest today here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You can find all of those talented hosts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. Of course, at Locked On NFL Pods. Lucas Braun and Ross Jackson, they're your hosts tomorrow. They're going to be breaking down this Niners-Dolphins trade as well. Looking at the fantasy implications, they've got their fun spin on it always. It's all coming up tomorrow right here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Have a great rest of your Monday. I'll talk to you all next week right here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast.